Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I am so thankful that you have tuned in today, that you've taken time out of your busy schedule uh, to spend time listening to these spiritual things, and that's so very important, and I appreciate you so much for doing that. Uh, In this season, we're discussing weathering the storm in the home, and we are in the midst of a series on the roles in the home. In our last episode, episode 5, we discussed the role of the husband in the home. And in this episode, we want to discuss the role of the father in the home. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Psalm 127. And we're going to get to that here in just a moment. I do want to say a word about the Scattered Abroad Network. I am very grateful to be a part of this network. Appreciate the men who are on this network with me. And we are now a work of the Memphis School of Preaching which is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. And we appreciate all the support and all the encouragement that you give us. We encourage you to listen. Uh, Each day of the week, we have new content coming out to check out our YouTube page, our website, uh, to email us if you have any questions or comments or concerns, san at msop.org. And most of all, we covet your prayers as we strive to spread the gospel through the avenue of a podcast. And so thank you again for listening today and listening to this podcast, listening on the network, for liking and sharing, and uh, just constantly being a a great source of encouragement. We appreciate you so much for listening, and I hope and pray that these episodes are helping you in your walk with the Lord. As we think about the role of the Father, we start here in Psalm 127. This has been called the Psalm of the Home. And I want you to notice the language that's directed toward fathers. The psalmist says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with their enemies in the gate. God has blessed me with four beautiful children. My son Jackson is eight years old. Daughter Henley is five. And then Brittany and I are blessed with twin girls, Palmer and McKenna, who are three. And never did I ever imagine uh, that I would have not one but four children. You know, I always envisioned hopefully being a dad one day, having a few boys. Uh, but the Lord has, has blessed me so much with a boy that, that I do have. I'm so thankful that I have a son. And being a girl dad is something else. Again, it's something I didn't envision. But I love my girls. and I love Jackson. And so thankful to be a father. My dad passed away in 2021, and we really didn't have a very close relationship. Growing up, I I can remember trying to connect with him, but there was a lot of distance. Uh, He was very devoted to his work. He was very devoted, um, you know, in other areas. And I regret the fact that, that we weren't very close growing up, but I can say Around my senior year of high school, 
when I started getting letters and, and invites to go play college baseball, he, he valued education so much that that really propelled him to, to draw closer to me that I would go on to college, <clears throat> that I would get an education, that I would pursue this. And, and I think that really helped our relationship because, he, again, he put such a premium on education. And so he started coming to more games. <clears throat> and then when I went into college to play, he would travel up, come to games, surprise me at a few games. And uh, I always will, will will hold a special place in my heart that we were able to share that together. And I say this out of love, and of course I, I hope he's resting in peace at this time, but I did not have that father to look up to. And I preached a sermon on Father's Day. I believe it was 2020. It might have been 2021. But I preached a sermon... And my dad was in attendance. And he came up to me after the sermon and he said, Son, I've got to apologize to you. I was not the spiritual leader for you and your brother. And I failed you. And I'm sorry. I forgave him, of course. And I told him that I appreciated the way that he provided for us. And I I thanked him for being so honest and transparent. You know, it took 20 plus years for him to come and, and to say that. And I respect him for doing that. But when he said that to me, it, it has stuck with me all this time that I am a father. And I've got a responsibility to bring my children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I am to be the spiritual leader. And God has blessed me, just like Psalm 127 said, like arrows in the hand of a, of a warrior. I'm going out to battle. I am on the front lines in this war and I've got these arrows that God has given me I've got these blessings this heritage this inheritance from the Lord and I do not take being a father lightly it is the joy one of the joys of my life to be married to Brittany to be a father to my four children to be able to serve God in the role that that I'm able to do these are things that I hold so so close to my heart and I cherish being able to do that So if you're listening today and and you're a father, I hope that this pricks your heart as well. And I hope that all of us will strive to be better fathers, to glorify God in the way that he would have us to do it, and to stick close to him as he leads the way. Of course, God is the perfect father. We're going to fall woefully short and inadequate of being what he is. But no doubt, he's the standard. And he gives us the standard to look to. I invite you now to the book of Exodus, Exodus 34 and verse 6. Scott Kane, who is on this network now, appreciate the great work that Brother Scott has done and is doing. He preached a sermon in 2021 at the Memphis School of Preaching Lectureship, and, and he talked about the role of fathers. And it was a powerful, powerful sermon. I encourage you to go look that up. If you go to msop.org, you can find that sermon. Great, great material. And I took notes on it and wrote this in my Bible. And I want to share it with you as we kind of get into this study about the role of a father in the home. Looking to God's role as a father. 
In Exodus 34 and verse 6, the Lord passed before Moses and he proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. There in verse 6, there are several qualities of God as a father that are brought out. Notice the Lord, the Lord God. That's his authority. That is his supreme authority as God. Well, God has given us as husbands and fathers authority in the home. We are to be the leader in the home. And so by him saying the Lord, the Lord God, is establishing right away he's speaking from authority. And again, as a father in the home, you need to have that authority behind your voice, the authority behind your actions, that your children will look up and respect you for it, and that they'll understand that this is a God-given role to be the leader. So there's authority of God. Then it says, merciful. Merciful. The mercy of God is a wonderful study. Mercy is, is extending something that no, you don't deserve. And that's what God does. He extends mercy. You know, are, are my children going to mess up? Of course they are. And I have to discipline them properly. The Bible teaches that. But I need to have mercy as well and extend that mercy to them because my Heavenly Father extends mercy to me when I mess up. Closely associated with the mercy of God is the grace of God. Notice He's merciful and gracious. He's long-suffering and He's abounding in goodness and truth. These are qualities of, of God the Father. And as a father, I need to apply those to my life. Brother Cain listed six qualities, six traits of God from this text. And as I say these, I want you to think about this as a father. Am I applying these to my life and to my role in the home? Authority. Relationship. Justice. Mercy. Love. Obedience. Three of these terms, authority, justice, and obedience, are things that, that we need to, to put into practice and our children need to respond properly. But also the other three, relationship, mercy, and love, provides the balance that we need to have in the home. The balance that God expects for us to have as fathers, as the leader, but also as the one who loves deeply. When you think about these, these traits, and you think about the fact that fathers need to put into practice these attributes, Brother Scott had this quote, The man who knows the father knows how to be a better father. Because, again, we're looking to the perfect example. And so he had three points. I want to share these, and then I want to get into another text as we conclude our thoughts. He said, number one, if you want to be a better father, Know the Father. Know God the Father. Again, Exodus 34 and verse 6. Great text to be reminded of. We can look at other passages too. 1 John 4. Uh, God is love. Romans 11, 22. Behold the goodness and severity of God. There's different qualities about God as a Father. The Father of lights. With whom is no variable or shadow of turning. James 1, 17. 
He's the Father of mercies. He's the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. We could go on and on. And I want to encourage you to do that study. Look at God the Father and how He's described. So number one, know the Father. Number two, know the child. I mentioned I've got four children. They're all different. you got to know them. Know their strengths. Know their weaknesses. Know their breaking point. Know what's going on in their lives and in their minds. Get involved. Be invested. But then number three, show the child the Father. And here's the point. I can't put into practice number three if I don't apply number one. If I don't know the Father, how can I show my child the Father? And if I don't know my child, how am I going to have that relationship built to the point where I can actually teach them about this? And so I appreciate Brother Scott bringing those thoughts out. He does a great, great job. And it's just a reminder to us as fathers that we have the responsibility, a God-given role, to be the leader in the home. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Do not be bitter toward them. Colossians chapter 3. You think about Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart. He won't forget what you've instilled in him. And when you study the book of Proverbs, you think about a father's instructions. You know what I find interesting about a study of Proverbs is the bulk of them, of course, written by Solomon, who's inspired. And he uses tender language. My son, if you'll do this, if you'll heed the words of your father, if you'll heed the words of your mother, if you'll heed these instructions, then this will be the result. There's a tenderness that comes from his voice. But what I love about it is that Solomon's father, David, on his dying bed, gave Solomon some very important and clear instructions. And so with the time we have remaining, I want to invite you to 1 Kings chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4 as we think about the role of the father in the home. A few thoughts I want to share with you. Number one is the importance of the father's role. In Genesis 18 and verse 19, this is a statement made about Abraham. God says, For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. What a statement that God knew Abraham. He knew that Abraham was a godly father. He knew that Abraham took his role as a father seriously. Why? What was he going to do? He would command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord. Abraham, like Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. (laughs) We are going to do this the right way. And notice the authority, the justice, but also the mercy and the long-suffering, those qualities of God from Exodus 34 and verse 6. He's going to keep his children and his household on the right path. That is what's so vitally important for the father to do. When you see homes that are broken, when you see communities that are, that are broken, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the fathers there are not stepping up and doing what God said to do. There's another example in, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 35, of the Rechabites. They were 
enticed to drink wine. But they said, We will drink no wine, for Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, our father, in all that he charged us. We have obeyed and done according to all that he commanded us. That's Jeremiah 35, 5 through 10. There's a father who took a stand for righteousness, who took a stand for truth, passed it on to his children, and they honored him and respected him for that. And so never underestimate the power of a father's instructions. With those thoughts in mind, let's consider our text in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. These are King David's final instructions to Solomon. And the language here is powerful. When you think about being a father, imagine saying this. Imagine you're on your deathbed and you've got one more conversation with your son. What would you say to him? Well, here's what David said. 1 Kings chapter 2, we're looking at verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to share some thoughts and close out this episode. Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. As we think about a father's instructions, what can we learn from this scene that we can apply to our lives? Number one, there's the reality of death. There's the reality of death. David says, I go the way of all the earth. He knew that death was coming. You know, right now I'm 31 years old, relatively healthy, but I also know that anything can happen. I know that today could be my last day. I know before this podcast episode airs, something could happen to me. That's just a, a sad fact. <laughs> a reality of life is death. Hebrews 9, 27. It's appointed unto man once to die. We learn in Psalm 90, verse 10, as well as verse 12, that our days are numbered. Seventy days, if by strength eighty, and then we fly away. So teach us to number our days. We can apply our hearts unto wisdom. James says, what is your life? It's but a vapor. It's here for a little bit, and it's gone the next. James four fourteen. So we learn here the reality of death. And you might say, okay, well, why does that matter to me? It matters because you are leaving a legacy behind. What's that legacy going to be? Fathers, think about what you've taught your children. Think about the example that you have set. Think about the lessons that you have taught. Think about those prayers that you've prayed with them at the dinner table and at their bedside. Think about those prayers you've prayed for them when they weren't present. What legacy are you leaving? Because one day, we're going to be gone. And if our children outlive us, and they live on, what are they going to remember about you as their father? Solomon could look back and remember how important keeping the law of God was 
And Solomon could look back and say, my dad loved me so much that he took the time to teach me. And he took the time with his dying breath to remind me of the importance of staying true to God, that all would be well with him moving forward. So we learn from the final instructions of David to Solomon the reality of death. Number two, we learn the responsibility of being a man. And we can apply this, of course, in our last episode to being a husband, but no doubt to being a father, to being a godly father. Notice again what David said. This is the end of verse 2. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. It reminds us of 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14. This is one of my favorite passages in that text because there are two, two thoughts here that come out. First in verse 13. Again, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. It says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. And then verse 14 says, Let all that you do be done with love. I see two thoughts there. Number one, as a father, as a husband, as a man of God, you must have conviction. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave and be strong. But coupled with that conviction must be compassion. Let all that you do be done with love. As a father, I need to have conviction. My children need to see that conviction. They need to see that it's real. But they also need to know that I love them. I don't just say it. I demonstrate it. I prove it. And so as we think about these final instructions of David to Solomon, we're reminded of the reality of death, the responsibility of being a man. But then number three, we need to teach our children to have respect for God's Word. Respect for God's Word. Again, there in verse 3, he says, Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Walk in His ways. Keep His statutes, commandments, judgments, and testimonies as it is written in the law. It reminds us of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 and Joshua 23 and verse 6. As he's teaching others the importance of not going to the right or to the left, just like God told him. And no doubt he would teach his children, you stay true to the word. That's the greatest gift we can give our children. That's the greatest legacy we can leave behind is that we live for God and that they can look to our example and say, that's how it's done. I want to be like my dad because he was like God the Father. He was like Jesus. Paul would say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Fathers, we need to have the same mentality to our children. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So respect for God's word. He said, keep the charge. That means be obedient to God's will in all facets. He says, walk in his ways, which is to live in harmony with God's will. He says, keep his statutes and commandments, which is to be obedient to his rules and requirements. Micah 6, 8. And he says, keep his judgments and testimonies, which is to honor and follow God's revealed wisdom. Don't apply the wisdom from below. Apply the wisdom from above. James 3, 13 through 18. What do we learn then? To be better fathers 
from David's final instructions to Solomon. The reality of death, one day we're going to leave. The responsibility of being a man. The respect for God's word. But fourth and finally, the reward for taking heed. David did not want Solomon to leave that conversation without knowing the why behind these words. Verse 4 of 1 Kings 2 says, That the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me. Saying, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth and with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not like a man on the throne of Israel. There's a reward then for doing the will of God. I say this to my children. I know they're young, but I say it all the time. If you'll grow up to be a godly man or a godly woman and you seek first the kingdom of God, you will always have my support. As you live in harmony with God, that's the greatest way you could ever honor me. I teach them that now, and I know that's going over their head. But I hope that they'll remember those words after I'm gone. That they'll know that there's a reason. There's a reason why I did what I did and why I said what I said. Because I knew the reality of death. I knew the responsibility of being a godly man. I had a respect for God's word. I want to pass that on to them. And I know the reward. On the flip side, think of the pain that comes if you don't bring your children up properly. As a father, it's going to come back on you. Now we understand Proverbs 22.6 is not an absolute. You can train your child up in the way he should go. That doesn't mean they'll always do it. They might lead that path. But if you do your job and you teach them the truth, they won't forget what you've instilled in them. And hopefully they'll come back to the right way. Fathers, we have a great responsibility. And I hope I've been able to express that throughout this episode. And I hope all of us will take it to heart and realize that we've been commissioned by God to take a stand in the home. Going back to our last episode, to be the best husband you can be, to be there for your wife, to be that provider and that protector, that leader. But no doubt, as fathers, let's not take this role lightly. Let's understand what the Bible says, and let's put these things into practice. That we can leave a legacy behind. That we can teach our children the right way. That we can bring them up the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That we can lead them. That we can guide them. That we can show them what it's like to live a godly life. What it looks like. And why they need to do that as well. Keep in mind, too, that you're bringing up the father of your grandchild one day. You're bringing up the mother of your grandchildren one day. We're passing on a legacy for generations to come. And what better legacy to leave than for them to see the importance of living for God. The role in the home, husband, father, is to step up and lead and to be what God would have you to be. As we close out today, I want to do something a little bit unique. But I want to offer a prayer. A prayer for us as husbands and fathers that we'll be godly and that we'll be what God would have us to be. Won't you pray with me? 
Father in heaven, we recognize that you are the God of the God of the universe. You're the great God, the almighty God, the one true God. We recognize, Father, that, that you are our Father in heaven. And we know that you are supreme, you are superior, you have all authority. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us your word, giving us your instructions. Help us as husbands, as fathers, to step up, to know your will, to apply your will, and to teach your will to our children. Help us to make a stand and be who you would have us to be. Father, thank you so much for loving us, showing us the way, and for sending your only begotten Son to die for us that makes all this possible. We love you. We thank you. Help us to be better husbands and better fathers to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you so much for listening to this episode. Husbands and fathers, I hope you've been encouraged. And I hope that we can carry on and pursue the fight in front of us. That we'll stand up, we'll stand firm, we'll stand strong. We'll be men of God. And we'll understand our roles in the home. We'll take them seriously, not lightly. And that we'll bring glory to God. May this episode, may this season, may this podcast help you to weather the storm. And may God bless you as you fight valiantly for Him.